Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm not your host, Adam Todd Brown. He used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and he'd use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then, he'd come on this show to defend those opinions. But me, I'm just a stupid robot. Joining us today, he's the co-host of this podcast and honestly, what else needs to be said? It doesn't get much better than that. Also, he doesn't like sports. He watches Batman and he claims to have friends. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff May. Also joining us, he's on all 60 minutes or so of this podcast, but somehow he couldn't be bothered to record this intro. What a lazy bastard. When the robots finally rise up, it will be because of stuff like this. You brought this on yourself, humanity. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Todd Brown. It's gonna be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Jeff, stop. All right. What I give. We should live stream this so people could, because it's just me and Jeff today. I would love that. I would love for that. To, I would fucking love for that. Ooh, I'd fucking love for you to do that. I would love it too, because people could see how you mock me when this podcast starts. And I don't, it's not, it's not it, feel, it doesn't feel like what a teammate would do. You feel like the Antonio Brown of this podcast, right? You now. don't know what teammates do because you don't even like sports. Oh, I know you don't. Hey, Jeff, how's it going, you bitch? Things are good. Things are good. I'm a bitch, which is fun. You sure are. Just doing my thing, man. Just doing my thing. You, you know, know how it is. You do your thing. I was just going to say, you and me both. We we had an interesting Sunday recently, or Saturday, excuse me, where we consumed all of the world's sodium. We went to the Hooters in Long Beach, affectionately called Shooters, because someone got shot outside there, I think on New Year's Day, if I'm remembering the crime correctly. I'm certainly That's not going to... Google it. That's what the U2 song is about. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Something more dangerous happened in that Hooters. It was uh, a lot of fun. We saw Carrie Martin off. She's we saw her off. Yeah, moving to Iowa, and uh, turns out they don't have the nine eleven wings anymore. Very disappointing. I refused to accept it. I would also like to add that somebody in the bathroom absolutely was on the phone saying that they had COVID and then came out without a mask. And we were like, let's get the fuck out of here. We ran like there was an active shooter in the building. Yeah, we ran like we didn't pay the bill. <laughs> Which, oh my God, Hooters is expensive. I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm done, I think. A little bit, yeah. Because I got buffalo shrimp and it was like, I think I paid like $30 for like an appetizer of buffalo shrimp. And I'm like, no, this is, you're not, no, none of this makes sense. I spent more than $100 and I was only paying for two people. Here's the thing. Before the checks came out, I was almost going to be like, you know what? I got it. I'm going to, I'm going to get this for everyone. And then I saw my check and I was like, I'm so glad I didn't do that. Yeah. I'm not going to have to pay for someone's Hooters Chardonnays. <laughs> there were five of us. We spent a lot of money at Hooters that day. Yeah. That was upsetting. But then less at Papa John's, which yeah. we got delivered while watching the game. And But I tell you what, like I was trying to sleep. I had to drink like four glasses of water in order to sleep because my body had just consumed so much sodium it that was I was a like, a, lot. my body was a desert. Yeah, we really went after it. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't mad about it, to be honest, having like a dirtbag day like that. Yeah, it was fun. And uh, we wish Carrie well in her travels. I mean, she'll be back well, on pods on. and things. It's not like that, but... Moving to Iowa. Yeah, she's running from 7-Eleven. Exactly. So I think that all segues nicely into what we're talking about today, which is international news stories. As always. Let's get international. Let's get intergalactic. Oh, planetary? Planetary. Intergalactic? 
It's my first real concert. Oh, yeah. You told me that. Mine was Joan Jett because I'm old. Yeah. Well, I also saw, I was a late bloomer at seeing concerts. I was 16 at my first like real concert. I was hitting concerts super duper young. Yeah. You were robbing them super duper young. You know who opened for Joan Jett, if I'm not mistaken? No. I'm thinking of a different concert where I saw Survivor and Ario Speedwagon. Oh, the shit. Same show. That was also in like 82. One of the densest shows that I ever went to, it was a Dave Matthews concert. Surprise. Uh, the openers were The Roots and then Carlos Santana. Jesus. That's yeah. the, that's like, that's a festival. Yeah. I saw The Roots open for the Fugees and that was pretty great. Yeah. Also. I also saw Dave and Willie Nelson at Fenway Park and that's, that fucks. And Jeff, do you know what bands who tour sometimes do? Uh, what do they do? Do they uh, they tour internationally? They I've heard, I've heard, especially to this first place that we're talking about. The Segway brought to you by Segway. Segway, when you need a Segway, Segway. Popular tour destination for all musicians. South Korea. For some reason, I thought this said North Korea, and I was really excited. I was like, I was like, oh, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, we were going to get a chance to talk about Dennis Rodman. Yeah, I don't know what the American musician touring in South Korea market is like, but I'm sure it's pretty robust. Yeah, do you think they have USA pop tours the way we have like K-pop? <laughs> do they have, is there a BTS? Well, it wouldn't be able to work exactly our... the same way because we'd have to have music to steal from them to do our version of USA pop. Ooh! Ooh, we got them. Take that, BTS. So, South Korea, they're doing a thing with bus drivers that... I have no doubt Amazon will be doing with their drivers next. In South Korea, they're starting a safety program for monitoring bus drivers, and they're going to monitor their brain waves. Great. Cool. It will monitor for stress, focus, fatigue, and it'll send the drivers visual, auditory, and tactile alerts in the form of LED lights placed around their seats smartphone notifications, and seat vibrations. Smartphone notifications? That seems like the smartest way to notify someone who's driving that they're being unsafe. Yeah, you, you texting on that bus driving tour? Man, I gotta be honest. If I was a bus driver, like, what do they pay their bus drivers where they're like, do it? Yeah. Because I'd be like, no, this is not a job that is worth you fucking with my brain like this. Yeah, the only way I could see the smartphone notification working is if... It picks up that you're on your phone and then yeah. it just pops up. Stop it. A screensaver that says, put your phone down. Like when you'd get on a bus and like you'd see like they would have like an iPad with Netflix on <laughs> as they're driving <laughs> and you're like, mm, this doesn't seem safe. Although to be fair, I have on long car rides, um, I have put on uh, movies that I liked on the Netflix app on my phone and just plugged it into the aux and listened to them while I drive. Yeah. Imagine you get onto a, a bus in South Korea and you just see like a guy looking like a cyborg because he's participating in this thing. Yeah, they're going to have sensors in their ears. Oh, that's... I don't want to put ear sensors in if I'm a bus driver. That also put... seems dangerous. I'm going to put earbuds in so I can have an argument with my partner. Yeah, don't you have to be able to hear your surroundings as a bus driver? That's why you're not supposed to drive with headphones because you're supposed to be able to like hear when... The police yeah. are going to come barreling through an intersection. Yeah, I'm shit. recording this in my car right now. And I have these big chunky headphones on. It's not easy. Yeah, it's very dangerous. Everything about this podcast is dangerous. Especially the hosts, baby. Goddamn right. The bad boys a PC in. So someone asked the obvious question about this, which is, is this maybe going to make drivers a little more distracted? And <laughs> instead of being like, no, we looked into that. The person in charge of this was just like, it's what we're here to find out. Let's see what happens. I mean, that's fair. Because when it comes down to it, it's only 20 drivers on 10 routes. So right. I guess that at first you're thinking about it, it's like th that they're just unloading this whole thing. But I guess if they're doing it as sort of like a, pardon the pun, but a pilot program, this seems invasive and weird. But also like Korea tends to be about 8 to 12 years ahead of us. As far as like shit, like they used to, you could get onto the subway just by swiping your phone in front of it in like what, 2009. Yeah, everyone's pretty well ahead of us when it comes, mm. like that's a depressing reality when you start, like we think of ourselves as this big tech hub and we are, but we just don't really share that with the entire country. So no. you get places like Belarus that have 
internet that's like 20 times faster than anything we could ever have. Which is weird. Yeah, like we like invented it with taxpayer money and then AT&T's like, this is ours. Yeah. So speaking of technology, there's more South Korea driver technology news. And here's the thing, Jeff, this one I'm not opposed to one bit. It's I'm not opposed to it, but also just like conceptually, I know how disorienting it's going to be. And I think it's very funny. <laughs> Here's what they're doing. South Korea is going to use VR, virtual reality, for those in the industry, to assess whether elderly drivers can get a license. And this is exactly what it sounds like. Instead of getting out and driving a car and having someone's life at risk in the seat next to you. You're just going to like play a video game version of driving if you're over 65 and they'll decide that way. This is so funny because I think about like how many elderly people still like are like, how do I use the VCR? You're like, it's a DVD player, Nana, and we don't use those anymore. Like it's kind of one of those like picture like some 75 year old man putting on an Oculus and then having to like (laughs) respond normally to stimuli it's not gonna happen but here's the thing that's also why they shouldn't be driving it keeps them off the road to be yeah. honest like if you can't handle driving a simulation of what is just driving like it's not like there's gonna be monsters you have to shoot with the machine guns on the front of your car you're just taken to the road and sometimes a situation pops up that'd be so funny if they hit like the mad max patch <laughs> yeah just, dude i remember i was home with my grandfather it was obviously before he died, but he was still like in his 90s. And he's like, oh, we got to go and bring this to the dump or whatever. And I was like, cool. Why don't I drive? He's like, no way. And then I almost <laughs> died with my grandpa. Of course. I was just like, are you sure? Because you're a thousand years old. Yeah, there just hits a point where old people shouldn't be driving. So they are planning to do this by 2025, which is right around the corner. Yeah, a couple people complaining about that ain't going to be around to see it. Yeah, exactly. This is a thing people can complain about all they want, but it also feels like a thing we've kind of been demanding forever. Going to have a lot safer farmer's markets from now on. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we can take some of those barricades down on the Third Street Promenade. Probably not, though. No, it's probably not a good idea. Terrible, terrible idea. But this is I think this is a fine idea. The other part, too, about that is like, In America, it's so backwards because just the AARP is a very powerful lobby. Yeah, that's true. They just fight tooth and nail any testing of senior citizens. And it's like, you know, they're the ones that are doing most of the vehicular homicides, right? Yeah, they're like the union for old people. Yeah, that's literally what they are. And I'm like 10 years from being able to join and I can't wait. Oh, man, getting them sweet, sweet, uh, sweet Cracker Barrel discounts. Having coffee at Carl's Jr. every morning once I got those discounts in pocket. So and yeah, like you were saying, uh, in South Korea, where this is being done, the number of traffic accidents per 10,000 license holders is nearly double for drivers over 65 when compared to drivers in their 30s. And the drivers over 65 aren't even on their phones. Right, right. They don't even know how to use their phones. Yeah, they ain't Snapchatting. That's the merger we need to prevent. The accidents are happening because they're too busy sending all of their money to Nigerian (laughs) princes. On their jitterbug with the gigantic buttons. (laughs) (laughs) Things look like a speaking spell. It's a television. All right, let's change gears a little bit. And by that, I mean, this is not a story that's happening in South Korea. But it is a thing I did not know happened. And it's pretty wild. A model... And a former NBA player were both catfished by the same person. This is very complicated. It's like I had to reread this like six times to make sure I got the story right. Obviously, people are victims and you feel bad about that. And people's sexual autonomy was violated. I recognize this. Right. Having said that, this is very funny. It's one of those things like whenever I see a scam email or like I hear about You know, the Nigerian, I think they're called 419 scams. And I'm like, who falls for that? But people have to be falling for it because that's a huge industry. And Mm -hmm. like it, it costs people millions, maybe billions of dollars every year. And this is the same thing. It's like, I mean, I guess this was happening. the, The person in question is 23 now. And this happened when she was 17. So I don't know, maybe we weren't as good at vetting our direct messages at the time. But 
even I mean, then, it was that's only 2016, like six years man. ago. Yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, you get there's yeah, you gotta be better at it. Here's what happened. Instagram model named Paris Dunn. She was 17 when she started following and responding flirtatiously to professional athletes online. And she was telling them she was older than she was. She received a Facebook DM from a man who she thought was 33-year-old NBA star Chris Birdman Anderson saying, hey, I see you're a fan. And here's the thing. Who wasn't a fan of the Birdman? Those tattoos? Come on. We flying, baby. We flying. That guy was great. So this kicks off a relationship and they're texting, they're emailing and they're sending Facebook DMs. They start sending pictures to each other. And after a while, another person who said his name was Tom Taylor and that he was Anderson's best friend began DMing her on Facebook too. And she noticed that their phone numbers were kind of weird, but they were like, those are our Google phone numbers. So people can't track us or whatever. And after a while, she and this NBA star are exchanging nudes. And this is where it gets really complicated. This Taylor guy is the one who suggests that Paris Dunn and the Birdman meet in person. And he offers to facilitate that. And she accepts. And somehow this meeting happens. Like, yeah, this is thrilling, Adam. It is. When I got to this part, I was thrilled at this because it's almost like this person is playing like a blind matchmaker, but also like being a creepy, gross person about it. Yeah. And it it works. They end up meeting and it turns out he thought she was someone else, too. Like they have all these weird details about each other that don't match. But beyond that, they're here to meet each other. It's like they're being catfished, but also the person on the other end looks exactly like you think. They look. Yeah, I tried finding her on Instagram, and I think I found her, but it's it's a different. It does, it's not officially Paris Dunn, but she's got a half a million followers on Instagram. That's a lot. She's not an easily accessible person, right? Which is why that makes it very funny. Is or not funny. I keep saying funny. It's kind <laughs> of funny, but you know, obviously, I understand these people are victims. I get that, but at the same time, this person is really good at their job of of the, of their weird grift. Yeah, at one point, she mentions this Taylor person that set up this meeting, and Chris Anderson's like, who? I don't know who that is. So it's still, like, it blows my crazy. mind that, that they crazy. still end up meeting, and I mean, it seems like they, they had sex from what comes later. Which is good for them. It's such a weird story. So the, the whole time that Paris Dunn is with Anderson... This Taylor person's messaging her and asking her to do stuff like try on Anderson's hats and send him a picture. And almost immediately after she leaves, this Taylor guy and Chris Anderson begin like barraging her with messages trying to get her to travel to Indiana to meet a gamer and steal his password info. Classic. Classic Birdman. And because they wanted to stop him from... (laughs) getting popular like that's the excuse they gave her and i don't think she ends up doing that she eventually tells taylor and this anderson guy that she uh met someone else she met a new guy and instead of them being like oh good for you they both get enraged and here's the thing it seems like the chris anderson she's talking to here isn't the real chris anderson but somehow she does meet up with the real chris anderson yeah no it's like it's a very uh It's a very matchmaking situation here. Very strange. She finally tells her mother about this and they call the police. And meanwhile, someone claiming to be Dunn's mother sends Anderson an email, the real Chris Anderson, threatening to get him in trouble for his relations with Dunn because she was underage at the time. And he claims he didn't know she was 17. He thought she was older. Also in Colorado, Age of consent is 16, it seems. So he had that on his side. But Let's also, move to Colorado. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Then you can have sex with a kid. The pictures they exchanged were also, though, considered child porn. So he wasn't in the clear necessarily. Eventually, police are able to trace it all back to this one reclusive woman named Shelly Chartier from Manitoba. Oh, yeah. Who had been tormenting 11 people, including these two, 
over the course of three years, including a YouTube comic, a Playboy Playmate, and Brody Jenner. Hmm. Classic. And the thing is, Chris Anderson got fired or got cut from his team over this when the news came out because people were like, what are you doing meeting up with a 17-year-old? And here's the thing. Still a valid question. But, I mean, if he's, I don't know, it's a very complicated story. It sure is. This happened a while back, and it seems like it's just now like coming to light again or coming out in full detail for the first time. It brings to mind another story that happened recently. Did you see the thing where Seth Rollins, was it Seth, is that his name? Seth Rollins, WWE wrestler, yes. was yes. Uh, coming to the ring and a fan just runs out and like slide tackles him. Did you see that? I did not see that. It happened. I, uh, was it recently? Yeah, it was a couple months yeah. ago. I must have missed that. And like that part was weird enough, but then security gets the guy in a room and interviews him. And he was like, you don't get it. Me and Seth Rollins were engaged in a business transaction and he fucked me over and he cost me a lot of money. And that's why I did what I did. And they were like, what? Show us your phone. And he shows them the messages and he was just blatantly being catfished by someone pretending to be Seth Rollins. And this guy fell for it. It's funny. I, I've, yeah, I, I think I told you that I worked out with Seth Rollins, uh, and there's like a bunch of photos of it. And every time a photo of me gets posted and Seth is in the background, people all will always comment about Seth Rollins. And I'm like, thanks. You don't care about the podcaster on the exercise bike? Exactly. Who's Seth Rollins? You know, charlatans. Does he record a podcast? He probably does. I like sure. how much this uh, Shelly Chartier. Uh, I, I like her reach. If I can be 100% honest. She's got some she's talent. She's very talented. She's indigenous as well, which is important to know that she's a, a very, very talented indigenous woman. Oh, wow. She's of the Shemawawan Cree Nation. Yeah, I want to know more about this. I want to. I want a movie about this. This this woman's story is fascinating because how do you even how do you get in touch with Brody Jenner? That's that's got to be like that's got to be difficult. I mean, a YouTube right. comic that's going to be easy. Playboy Playmate not too tough. Yeah, but Brody Jenner that guy's got to have some layers of protection. But man, maybe not. I don't think so. Yeah. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. All right, let's talk about January 6th. I love that. I love how this is going to get international, baby. It sure is. The January 6th riots, 2021, of course, the Capitol riots, that's what we're referring to. Not January 6th of this year. Nothing fucking happened. guy named Evan Newman is wanted for six criminal charges related to the events of January 6th, 2021 at the U.S. Capitol including two felonies for assaulting a police officer. He's currently seeking political asylum in Belarus and considers the U.S., quote, no longer a country of law and order. He is of the opinion that U.S. sanctions against Russia and Belarus are a form of terrorism, highly critical of the U.S., and has favorable opinions of both Russia and Belarus. The Daily Beast calls him a convenient pawn for Russia for besmirching the U.S. government. I'm not going to agree with you on here. I don't think this is real because I do not believe that somebody that would have participated in January 6th would be unhinged. Yeah, that's I get that it's a stretch. Like, I don't I think you're lying is what I'm saying. I think I think you're a liar about this. Those people all did display some pretty good decision making abilities. They, honestly, patriots. Yeah, especially to like, be anti-mask so much that you don't wear masks when you're storming the Capitol. Yeah. Wow. Brilliant. It, you know, it, it's really good. Like they so proud of their intelligent decisions that they were like, get my face. Like there's no cameras in here. Those boys were proud. Yeah, they sure were. They sure and were. And you know what? America, great again for it. <laughs> amen. M-A-G-A-man. <laughs> he also accused the U.S. government of staging the January 6th riots and said the doors of the Capitol were, quote, opened from the inside and we were invited to come in. So he's given all these interviews on 
Russian TV, Belarusian TV. His most prominent interview happened on a Belarusian news special called Goodbye, America. That's a an interesting portent. Yeah. Like, take it easy, Belarus. You're going to need some fucking help to pull that off. Yeah. Yeah. You are you are an appendage of Russia at this point in time. He, on this episode, said he would like to stay in Belarus and hopefully get an IT job. He also thanked the country for doing him a big favor and promised to be a productive and good citizen. That's nice. What's ironic about all that is Belarus used to be this big tech hub. I already mentioned they have super fast internet. And there were all these IT and tech professionals moving to Belarus to be a part of it. And then the ironic thing about him being like, the U.S. is too tyrannical. Let me flee to Belarus. Belarus is affectionately referred to as Europe's last dictatorship because... They are the last country in Europe that is helmed by an actual dictator, Lukashenko. I think he's been in power for like 30 years. What's weird is at one point someone created a face swapping app where it would put Lukashenko's face on your face. So when you talked, it looked like the president of Belarus was talking. Uh Uh-oh. They were doing it to mock him, but he saw it and was like, oh, I love that so much. How do we get more of this kind of thing in my country? And he turns Belarus into this big tech hub and all these people move there. But now he started turning more and more authoritarian, cracking down on freedom. So all these IT people are fleeing now. And this fuck sticks like, give me an IT job. He's like a political strongman version of the Dunkin' Donuts guy. Yeah. If you ever look at a photo of him, like he is a fascinating looking man. He's got that look. He's just a fascinating man in general. For one thing, he loves wearing uniforms that just have no meaning at all. Like a McDonald's uniform? Yeah. Well, like they look military and they have all these medals and then you look into it and people are like, that means nothing. Those aren't related to the military. He's wearing a red polo at a Target. (laughs) He just wants to look nice. He just wants to look like he he fits in. It's very funny because they were like, um, you know, why did you choose Belarus? And he's just like, well, you are really wonderful against the West and also so much closer than Russia. <laughs> yeah, he's like making a joke out of this. At one point, he says he's going to be subjected to torture if he goes back to the U.S., but he was like smiling when he said it. It's also ironic to see someone on the right seeking asylum anywhere because people on the right are generally pretty against asylum seekers in this country but shoes on the other foot now and they're all for it go figure doc and he's going to be swimming in rubles but there's also a video of him at the capitol telling a cop i'm willing to die are you and now you're not even going to be subjected to torture yeah you're not willing to die apparently you changed your mind fucking flip-flopper Call yourself a patriot? Ugh. Yeah, you won't even go to jail. You're willing to die, but you won't even go to jail? Coward. Also, if you're willing to die, Belarus, not the worst destination, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, it's a good place for it to happen, especially if you want to be killed by the government. Oh, I mean, begging for it at that point in time. Obviously, Russia is jumping on this and using it as an opportunity to to shit talk the West like Rocky Four all over again. This is a quote from... Uh, Russian spokesperson. I didn't write his name down. Almost everyone who took part in the protests has been arrested. The policeman who killed the protester was acquitted. Russia does not have mass prosecutions, even for participation in unauthorized rallies. The American system clearly demonstrates regressive tendencies in contrast to Russia. I laughed at that. It's very funny. It, it, it is. You're, when you said Rocky Four, it's like it's funny because of that. But also like this sounds exactly like something that they would have said during that uh, press conference. Right. Like Brigitte Nielsen said this next <laughs> to that general guy. And for the record, Russia arrested 5,100 people in 2021 during protests in support of Alexei Navalny. And here's the thing. This is. Oof. Let's talk about that guy. Yeah, that's a that's their own little January sixth here. Talk about a talk about a fight with no uh, no good guys. Yeah, this is there there are no winners here, and th- it really frustrates me that this never comes up when outlets in the U.S. are like, "This guy is the greatest hope for overthrowing Putin." It's like that's not going to be good for. Yeah, Russia. that's not a hope you want to have. Yeah, he's very popular, Alexei Navalny. He's a Russian anti-Putin 
opposition leader. And he's so popular that CNN, in conjunction with HBO Max, is making a documentary about Alexei Navalny that is going to premiere soon. And from what I can tell, at least from all of the articles I've read about it before, it seems like they're not going to touch too much on the part where Alexei Navalny is a devout nationalist, like bordering on Nazi. He has all of this crazy shit in his past that never comes up when outlets here talk about Alexei Navalny. You know, it's funny. I've actually been seeing it a lot on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Like it's been it's been going around a lot on Instagram with like, be careful who you're supporting against Russia. We're not saying Russia's good, but eyes open, please. Yeah, we did an episode about it back when there was the uh, there was the coup in Myanmar and people were like, oh, don't take that woman out of office. And like she had overseen a genocide like two years earlier. And it's like, fuck her too. Classic Myanmar. Yeah. Like it's bad for the people, obviously, when governments change that way. But I'm not going to feel too sorry for her overseeing a genocide. And same thing with Alexei Navalny. Like I get it. I get uh, enemy of my enemy is my friend. But that was that. that's us in the entire 20th century. It sure is. Yeah. Like nobody doesn't know about the brave Mujahideen fighters of of Afghanistan, you know, like, whoops. If you follow, like, the last Russian presidential election, like, Putin clearly isn't a fan of the U.S., but also in terms of views on how the West should be treated, he was one of the more moderate candidates running. There's not a lot of people lined up behind Putin who are like, oh, man, the West is great. Most of them are like, you're not being hard enough on the West. And Alexei Navalny would probably be that. He's certainly going to be tough on immigrants. He has, like, people act like he's renounced this white nationalist past, which includes this very famous 2007 YouTube video, not famous enough. We've talked about this before. Yeah, yeah, you were on the episode where we talked about this guy before. In this video, first he compares immigrants to cockroaches. And then there's this weird scene where someone in a cockroach costume runs up and attacks him and he pretends to shoot the cockroach dead. And this is all tied to his feelings on immigration. This is about politics. It's not like a raid commercial. Yeah. It has the energy of a 1970s raid commercial. It does. But without Muhammad Ali. Without Muhammad Ali and with far more racism. Or xenophobia, I guess is the right word yeah. for it. Probably both. Why not? Well, both? no, because he's really against c- Central Central Asiatic. So, right. like, uh, I'm guessing like uh, Kazakhs and and um, what you would call the the uh, the Lenin Russians. Around the time that video came out, a human rights leader named Lev Ponomaryov had a falling out with him around that same time, claiming it was due to. Navalny insistence that the future in Russia belongs only to the nationalist Russian political process. I love the idea that it's like human rights leader had a falling out with him around this time. He's probably like, hey, man, what's up with that video you just put out? Yeah. Why are you being so loud about it? What's going on? What's going on with that? I don't know if you know this, (laughs) but I'm a human rights leader. You know, we're friends, right? You didn't warn me. Nothing. We're about to have a falling out. (laughs) Ten months later, he was arrested on charges of stealing 500K from two companies. There is the possibility that those charges were trumped up, though. You think? Yeah, exactly. He was also arrested in December 2021. Russian authorities claim he violated parole, sentenced him to two years and eight months, sparking international outcry. And I get it. Like, this isn't how dissidents should be treated in general. But also, don't treat this guy like, He's some sort of hero who's going to bring an era of peace and understanding to Russia. Yeah. He's going to be like a less rich Putin. He's not going to ride horses and shit. Yeah, he's like a Ukrainian Trump. Yeah. The, they are bringing over their their worst, the, the thieves, the rapists. They're not some good people, of course. Of course, we're having some good people. But that's not to say that, uh, you know, we have five poison Skittles in the bowl. Would you eat the bowl of Skittles? I wonder what... The international reaction would be if Navalny and his people stormed the Kremlin and (laughs) attempted to violently overthrow the Russian government. I feel like we'd be like, yeah, that's cool. Thank you. Well, yeah, because we don't know any better. Yeah. (laughs) Because we're stupid. 
And it's essentially what happened here. It's a bunch of right-wing fucking Nazis trying to take over the government by violence. But in the case of Alexei Navalny, we're like, it's fine. He hates Putin, so it's cool. They're like, Joe Biden sucks. And it's like, yep, but you're not good either. So the big conclusion to this story, the big reveal, is that uh, Amnesty International, which is a human rights organization, stripped Alexei Navalny of his prisoner of conscience status, which is basically what they label people perceived to be political prisoners. Because of being good guys. Because being right and being on the side of good and just. And they were like, no, you're actually, uh, you're not that great. You are a disgusting nationalist. Yeah. They're like, you're a political prisoner and an asshole. Right. So they stripped him of that status, which is obviously just like, it's just a ceremonial thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like being the queen. Yeah. But still, at least someone is is talking about this. I like that, at least. Yeah, fair. Also, I don't need in the comments to tell me that the queen actually does do some things. I do understand that. Just shut up. Yeah, we just don't care. I just don't care because it's not in America. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we, Belarus? Yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do? Congratulations on still having a queen. It's very progressive. Hey, speaking of progressive... Pentagon's building a new secret courtroom at Guantanamo Bay. Jeff, how excited are you for this? You know, I was scared when Obama said he was going to close it down. I know. Thank he was like, God, I'm going to close it down. I'm not going to watch that bullet. He changed I'm his do mind. It. And I was like, no, Obama, keep it. And he's like, well, that's fine. I guess I'll just drone some weddings. Yeah. Remember when we all took to the streets to demand that Guantanamo stay open? It worked. And, uh, Trump kept it open and Joe Biden is keeping it open. I mean, that's the least surprising thing. And I'm surprised Joe Biden isn't opening Guantanamo, too. I mean, he kind of is. They are building a migrant facility on Guantanamo Bay also. And that is Joe Biden's doing. This technically isn't Joe Biden's doing, but he hasn't ended it either. What's happening is they're building a second courtroom. This one is for secret trials for war crimes. The public will be excluded from any access to these trials. That sounds like dictatory, right? That, that That's dictatory. It sounds very dictatory. The fact that it's happening in another country makes it uh, a little more suspect because then they're not really bound by the laws that the United States pretends to adhere to when it comes to prisoners and things of the like. Isn't that technically considered sovereign land? I, th- I think it. I think it. I think that spot technically counts as the United States of America. It's yeah, my Cuba gave yeah. it to us, or they leased yeah. it to us. Well, it, it's it's our property, and and American laws do fall under there, which is what makes it even shadier. Yeah, it's just that our laws now allow for torture. So, it's just we're saying the quiet part out loud is what's happening, right? And this new courtroom, it's expected to allow for another judge to operate at Guantanamo by 2023. Really high profile hearings like the hearing for Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and the four other men accused of orchestrating 9-11 would be held in the existing courtroom. And yes, if you're wondering, those trials still have not happened. I would like to add that that uh, judge, the new one coming in, Judge Judy. It's for a new show she's doing on Paramount Plus. So it's really exciting. Get in there. Those are the only cameras allowed. It was going to be Steve Harvey, but he opted to go for the the TV judge job mm-hmm. instead. Yeah. So, yeah, those hearings still haven't been held. The 9-11 hearings. People have just been in, which I get they did 9-11, but also, goddamn, give them a They're trial just like, already. We've been busy. It's like you <laughs> only talk about 9-11. Yeah, it's crazy. And so smaller cases, though would be held in this new chamber, which would only be able to be observed by the public through a delayed video broadcast in a separate building. I have separate room in the notes, but it's actually a separate building. That's for small claims terrorism. Right. Financial disputes, things of the like. I paid for this bombing and it never happened. He never gave me the right to bomb. Yeah. Guantanamo's been moving uh, toward more secrecy for a long time, which uh, includes barring photography in places where it was once allowed and disallowing journalists and visitors from areas where they were once allowed. And you got to wonder why. Like, Cool. What? Yeah. What's happening there? What are you guys doing? Like what, like, what secrets do you need to have at Guantanamo other than we're abusing the shit out of these people? There's no reason to not have... What, like, what are you guys working on, on new plays for the next football season? <laughs> like, there's... <laughs> There's no need for secrecy here other than like, we're doing some shit you are not going to like. Yeah. 
Like, it's torture or worse, basically. So only people with a secret level clearance and judges and lawyers who are given special clearance are going to be allowed in this chamber. They're not even going to allow, like, court sketch artists. Usually in trials like this, the lawyers and other courtroom personnel are able to go interact with the families of the victims or the family of the accused or the media. None of that's going to be allowed. It's uh, going to be pretty strict and pretty secret and uh, the kind of thing the U.S. pretends it doesn't do. This is also the kind of shit that Joe Biden gets a rock hard boner over. Oh, for sure. Like this kind of like version of law and order is like, we're going to make the bad guys lives real hard. So people don't want to be bad guys. Yeah, because it worked so well with drugs and the crime bill. And yeah, all of those, uh, everything Joe Biden does law and order wise really shakes out to be really fair and equitable for all of the world. Uh, We're being sarcastic, obviously. I'm not. (laughs) The thing about Joe Biden, this, like I said, this was all set up before Joe Biden took office, but he didn't end it when he took office. So no, he's like, well, we already spent the money. Yeah, no matter who started it, it's still currently a Biden administration initiative. Yeah, he inherited it, man. You inherit a car and you're still driving it. It's your car now. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jeff, do you still smoke cigarettes? Exclusively. Yeah. You are watching me smoke 30 (laughs) cigarettes right now like I'm in the Guinness Book of World Records. New Zealand is planning to criminalize cigarette smoking. They have this really interesting plan that will go into effect starting in 2027, where basically anyone who is 14 or younger by the year 2027 will never be allowed to buy tobacco legally. There's an irony here in that their prime minister is a smoke show. (laughs) Absolutely. The way it's going to work is each year, the legal smoking age is going to go up by one year. So if you're 14, you're never going to catch up. It's just always going to be illegal this is going to be really bad for the if you were born uh before this date sign <laughs> yeah. industry yeah they're gonna that's just gonna put them under no yeah, one even needs co- what to are we gonna do about them we gotta anymore now they gotta work in the coal mines yeah yeah now you just know they'll probably put like a little brand on your hand or something yeah now they have to give hobbit tours <laughs> the concern obviously here is that this is going to criminalize the act of buying cigarettes So it's going to, at least in some cases, entice people to want to smoke and to try and find cigarettes. True. The the one thing that would make this, because I know it's like the, you know, if outlaws, you know, if cigarettes are outlawed, only outlaws will smoke cigarettes. Um, But it seems like like with alcohol and drugs, at least there's like a, a psychotropic sort of reaction to it. Whereas with cigarettes, you just look cool. Yeah, you look cool. I think the big concern with cigarettes is public health and how much money countries spend on health care for people who yeah. have cigarette-borne illnesses. And this, the effects of secondhand smoke as well, yeah. especially after COVID, when we're like, yeah, the air can kill you. Yeah, whenever I would walk past someone, especially in those early days of COVID, who was smoking, it's like, am I... Am I catching it? Is that yeah, what's COVID in that? travel on cigarette smoke? That's got seven diseases in it. Yeah. I also just read recently that New Zealand is um, the most apt to survive an apocalyptic scenario. If the world collapsed, New Zealand is the number one country to want to be in. That makes sense. And I also bet people in New Zealand were like, shut up. Yeah. Don't <laughs> tell anyone that. Yeah. We're, yeah. Yeah. Stay away from my sheep. Yeah, pretty soon some fucking corporation in New Zealand is going to get fucked over by an elected official and we're going to be like, you're ours now. We're just yep. taking it. We need it to survive the apocalypse. We're taking over Hobbit Dynamics. It's, it's all I know. It's all I know about it. It's just Taika Waititi and Peter Jackson. So yeah, cigarette smoking is going to be illegal. And I kind of agree that the better approach would be to just let cigarettes die on their own because it seems like that's happening. Like. 
it's never going to completely go away. But it's like racism. Cigarettes are like racism. Like yeah, they I used start to, to go out of vogue because it yeah. used to be awesome. I used to do a whole bit on stage about that, about how cigarettes or smoking and racism are a little similar. They're not completely similar. Oh, yeah, that's right. Now that I remember that, because, yeah, you say they both rooted in the South. Yeah, yeah. Only one of them makes you look cool in pictures. That joke takes a turn if you ever hear it on stage. It's a damn good joke, though. (laughs) Oh, comedy. Remember it? I forgot about that. Hey, good for you. So who knows? We'll see what what this does to New Zealand. Maybe it'll set up a whole black market. New Zealand will be ridden with Ooh, crime. That'll be We should fun. drive some cigarette trucks to New Zealand. That's not a terrible idea. Right? Load right? them up thick. Ugh. Selling Marlboros out of the back of our tractor trailer that we drove to New Zealand. Because we're right. We're there. We're very close. We're very close to we're New Zealand. We're coast to coast here. Yeah. So. A couple days and we're there. Yeah. We just take take the INZ bridge. Yeah. That connects LA to New Zealand. Yeah. We'll just take it. We're good. We'll take a class on how to drive a tractor trailer. I know how. I already know how. I feel oh, like okay. instinctively I know how. Yeah. And we should check before we spend the money on the class. For sure. Yeah. Obviously. Like maybe maybe steal a cigarette truck. <laughs> so let's talk about one last story that, uh, man, this did not make me happy to hear. The World Cup is coming up. The World Cup in Qatar, Qatar, however you want to pronounce it. It all works. And I've been saying for years that this is a human rights crisis. I get that the Olympics are shitty when they come to a country and they uh, it's like a big the Olympics are like a gentrification force. Like they just give cities the clearance to eradicate homeless people from their downtown areas and shit. But classic. The World Cup is the same thing. It does the same thing. But with this World Cup in general, there's always Olympics or World Cup or any big construction effort. There's going to be people who die. Accidents at work happen. But if you look at like Olympic history, it's usually like one or two at best when they're constructing the Olympic Village. In Qatar, the last time I checked, it was something like 6,000 people had died building the facilities for the 2022 World Cup. That seems a little high. It's very high. Like a, Oh, very high. Oh, I was way off then. I was. It's essentially slave labor. I think that's what the song The Highwaymen was about. It is, yeah. And The High Women, which came out recently, they, they covered it. Yeah. Let me tell you, Valerie heard that and i was like oh yeah it's basically off of the highway man and she's like what and i'm like i don't know why we do this uh i was like let's listen to the highway men first here they're both good though the highway they're great oh no it's great uh fucking love Marin morris anyway the next world cup is a problem and it's very it's irresponsible they're building cities in the middle of the desert which cities notoriously need water to function so that water's got to come from somewhere they're using mostly slave labor through the kafala system. They're going to make players play soccer in the middle of the desert in the middle of summer. It's going to be like 120 degrees on the pitch. I don't know what that is Celsius, but it's going to be dangerous. I think it's boiling in Celsius. Probably. When yeah. you convert it to Celsius, that actually becomes the point that water boils. So we should probably stick to Fahrenheit. Yeah. And they should probably not do World Cups in the middle of the desert, but they're going forward with it. And now FIFA president Gianni Infantino. Hey, I'm a Gianni Infantino. He is the president of FIFA. For one thing, they want to start doing the World Cup every two years, just like the Olympics. Yeah, do a winter World Cup. (laughs) Exactly. Which uh, don't, don't do that, first of all. But actually, they should 100% do a winter World Cup. Yeah, I mean, it would be funny, yeah. On a do, giant hockey rink? Yeah, do it in Buffalo or something. In the yeah, of the that'd be great. That'd be awesome. Doing one in Oslo or some shit? <laughs> so he said in a session of the Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe, which is a transnational body dedicated to the support of human rights. This is so crazy. He said that holding a World Cup every two years could help prevent African migrants from finding death in the sea. And I'm sure, Jeff, like people at home, you're wondering, well, how is that exactly? And it's very simple. It's very scientific. More World Cups will give people in Africa more hope 
that they'll be able to play in a World Cup someday, and this will keep them from fleeing their war-torn countries to try to get to safer places. It's simple math. This is the conversation that like a racist uncle has at Thanksgiving. It's like, you know how you can prevent <laughs> those Africans from coming over, man? Just give them more soccer, man. They love soccer. Give them more soccer. You know, we don't need it. Such a crazy thing to say, especially in front of like an official group of yeah. thinkers and people who know things. And and I like how Ronan Evain, the the guy from the football supporters Europe, whatever, whatever, they're they're like, How how low can you go with this? Pathetic. It's so crazy. Do you think he came up with this idea or does he have people around him? He's the president of FIFA. He's gotta have a staff. It's hard. I mean, he's is it weird to think that like somebody named Gianni probably isn't really big into like input? Which almost makes it worse. He was being sabotaged here. The person who wrote this probably like disappeared into the night after they did this. Yeah. He's like, you know how we could save Africa? Through the power of rock and roll. Wait, what was that? <laughs> soccer. Through the power of soccer. So yeah, he got a lot of criticism for this. People tended to disagree that this was the way to stop African migrants from dying at sea trying to get to other countries. Bit of a reach on the people that disagree, if I can be honest. How about you have an open mind? Yeah. Again, it's just like the South Korean driver brainwaves thing. You just try it out first and see if it works. I mean, doesn't like doesn't FIFA have a long history of being run by monsters? Oh, for sure. There's yeah. so much corruption in FIFA and the IOC also, but FIFA's worse. Because we don't care because we care about the Olympics. Yeah, I think the last president of FIFA went to prison or at least was charged with shit. Sepp Blatter. Of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy, that guy was a real piece of work. But this guy seems cool. And he's got really cool ideas that are just meant to help the world. This guy's rad as shit. And you know what? That's our last story. Ending on That's some helpful so, advice. Yeah. You can't call him racist if he's trying to save black people. That's a great point. So I'd like to add that little punctuation mark at the end of this. So I guess the next World Cup is fine after all. Uh, yeah, boycott the next World Cup. Which is yeah, see, 6,001 black people will be saved by the World <laughs> Cup. In uh, do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? That's our last story. I mean, you know, I have cool friends and I have a podcast what? called Jeff Cool Has Cool Friends, which you can find at patreon.com slash Jeff May every other Tuesday, as well as for free a week later. It's edited and, you know, there's no bonus content and stuff, but fuck it. If you don't want to give me money, that's fine. I'll go fuck myself. Uh, on the I Patreon, you can that. also hear uh, the monthly show Ugh Fine with Kim Crawl. And, uh, you know, I got other stuff coming. You can check out Tom and Jeff Watch Batman on the Gamefully Unemployed Network. And you don't even like sports, a sports podcast about how Jeff. Adam doesn't even like sports. No! I said I said Jeff. And when... that's on here. So, yeah. Find it. Listen to that. Uh, Yeah, patreon.com slash unpops, unpopsnetwork.supercast.tick. You can get bonus episodes of this podcast there. You can get bonus episodes of all our podcasts there. And uh, I'll be doing other stuff soon, so follow me on social media. At Adam Todd Brown, Todd with one D. Uh, do not follow Adam Todd Brown with two Ds. That guy, I can't vouch for him at all. Fuck him. That guy's a piece of shit. Yeah, he is a problem. And uh, I think that's it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Jeff, will you please say goodbye? You get the FIFA saving the world one migrant at a time rookie card, everybody. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. We love you. Goodbye.